And we're back with episode 10 of Dog Football Weekly. It's your host, Reed, with your co-host, Russ. And our special guest today is athletic director, Coach Champion. Coach Champion, can you tell us a little bit about how the middle school basketball season is going? Well, uh, we hopefully we'll end with a good flourish, I guess. We start our tournament tomorrow hmm. against Mount DeSalle, so we'll see. Yes, sir. What's y'all's record? Uh, I'm not sure what our record is, but we've won three out of the last four, so we're That's peaking good. at the right time. Yes, sir. You think we've got a lot of young talent on that team? Yep, got definitely got a lot of up-and-coming talent. So yes, hopefully they'll grow and we'll see uh, them become really good varsity players over yes, the year. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, how does it compare to last year's team? Uh, I mean, last year's team was, was really talented too. And, yes, sir. Uh, you know, hopefully these couple classes of talent will, will come up and make us a good varsity coming up. Yes, sir. Well, um, today's episode we're going to be talking a little bit. Coach Champion, what's your thoughts on the Rara Thomas arrest? Well, I guess that's probably what you you run the risk of when you yes, when sir. you bring in transfers uh, through the portal. You know, I think that's one of the reasons why Kirby really hasn't gone to the portal a whole lot. Uh, a lot of times, those guys are are leaving for reasons, uh, and I guess that's sort of the coach's job is to figure out why they're leaving. Uh, you know, a lot of times guys get disgruntled with playing time or whatever. Uh, to leave, obviously that wasn't the case with him. Um, I I, th I think he would have been a good addition. I don't know how things are going to shake out internally there. Uh, I think he can help the re receiver room for sure. Uh, just based off of what he did against Georgia mid-season. Um, yes, but I don't know. You know, I guess it's to be determined as to how that works out. I think a lot of it is is he going to come in and conform, I guess, to the culture that's been built in Athens. Well, it's a big change from being like wide receiver one on Mississippi State in that offense and coming to Georgia, and he'll be with Ladd, Brock Bowers, Dominic Lovett, and Arian Smith. They'll all be in the same wide receiver room. Rosemary Jack Saint. Yeah, I mean, I mean gonna... the, the receiver room should be pretty stacked, and it was really stacked until A.D. Mitchell transferred, yes, but I think – I think they were hitting the portal anticipating the that was going to happen. And, you know, I, I heard a comment that was made by somebody a few weeks ago that it was really nice, these guys, that even if they were going to leave, they didn't make it public. So it was a distraction through the playoff run in the national championship. Yes, so I, I applaud him for that. And, and obviously um, it sort of is the same thing uh, as happened with, with uh, Jermaine Burton the year before, and I think the recruiting has gone enough where, okay, one guy leaves, just plug and play another guy. But I think the receiver room was probably the one place that that really couldn't happen again, and it did, and I think that's why they had to hit the portal to get Ra-Ra and the guy from Missouri as well. Yes, sir. And uh, so next question is, how does it feel to be a lifelong dog fan and see him win two back-to-back? -back? Very sweet. Very sweet. Uh you know, I've told people I'm I'm enjoying every second of it just because I've lived through the ups and the downs. I can remember sitting in a, a what was left of a hurricane watching us play Alabama and Athens and and losing like 45 to 7 or something. It was some bad score, and I just remember how miserable that was. So having lived all the, the ups and downs now to – be up and be there for so long now, which you say long two years in college football world is a long time. It's nice. And, you know, you, 
you, you're gonna we're gonna enjoy every minute of it as long as it can go. You just know that at some point it's gonna go down a little bit, but at the same time you hope it doesn't because it's it's been a long time coming. Yes, and they've really a lot of people now are kind of wondering where it came from, but they this team's been built up over the years with you know, Kirby's first year at seven and five, then year two was the natty. Yeah. The loss. And then I mean, ever since then he's been he was eleven and three, uh, twelve and two, um, and then he had COVID year and then natty natty. Well, I mean and a lot of it's been building with recruiting over the years and you know, I can go back to the to the Mark Rick era. You know, there was a lot of talent there. It just seemed like we didn't have enough talent to get us over the top. I mean, yeah, I remember several years where we finished number three in the country. The year LSU won the national championship, you know, everybody felt like Georgia should have been in that spot and could have won it that year. Um, but I think one of the things – I always thought that Mark Rick, the one thing that he fell short of recruiting was recruiting linemen. Yeah. He had skilled people everywhere. I mean, you, you look through the, the league over the years – uh, we you go back to Matthew Stafford, uh, Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley no David Green, No Sean, all those guys, tons of skill talent, but not a lot of linemen that came through. And I think that was sort of changed. I was one of those. I thought that losing Sam Pittman as offensive line coach was going to be huge when he left. That was when Kirby replaced him with Matt Luke. That was huge, and now with Stacey Searles, there hasn't been a, a beat miss there. And, and, you know, if you watch the recruiting, you know, it's always three or four linemen in every class. You know, obviously the tragedy of losing Willock, I think, hurts. But I think Van Pran coming back is huge. I mean, I think that was uh, – I mean, I think that was a major, major get there when he probably could have gone to the draft and – probably been drafted pretty high. Yes, I mean, if I'm a GM, that's a guy I'm going to build an offensive line around, you know, and obviously losing Willock is a tragedy, but it's it's also he played a lot of really good reps. Um, you know, I watched the other night some highlights of the national championship, and almost every highlight Willock was in there. So that that's obviously, you know, a tragedy, but it's huge on the field as well. So, yes, But there's also a bunch of guys there that, can take it, you know, can take his spot. And, you know, there are going to be some, some new faces and new numbers in there this year, but you, you really don't really expect them to miss a beat there. Well, as of right now, they only have to replace McClendon and they get back Ratledge, Truss, Amar Smims, Van Pran. They'll have um, Erickson went. Yeah. And they'll have. Well, they lost, I think to me, the big thing is they just lost some depth. Yes, that, that, that they had there, you know, losing Broderick Jones, you know, hurt. But he was also, you know, he was injured for a while. And that's when a Mim stepped right in. McClendon missed a little time. You know, Mim stepped in. Trust missed some time. Warren Erickson, and people don't remember, Warren Erickson started in the national championship game two years ago and then was sort of relegated to a backup role and – just provided a ton of depth that, that they had, and a lot of a lot of the teams in the league just don't have that. Yeah, well, uh, one more question I have for you is, who do you think the quarterback will be next year? I don't know, and I but I think I think either of the three would be perfectly fine. 
I, I don't I think I don't think any of them will miss a beat. I think Carson Beck will probably get the first nod just because he's the older guy in the room. Uh, but I think Vandergriff has got a lot of um, raw talent. You know, the, I think one of the knocks on him was he played in a small school, but kid's got a ton of arm talent. Uh, you know, I've heard a lot of people compare his arm strength to to Stafford and some of those, and even I've heard that from about Beck too. I don't think you can go wrong. I think that Gunnar Stockton probably has some of the intangibles that Stetson Bennett had. And truth be known, I think that all three of those guys may have been a little bit more talented than Stetson Bennett, but Stetson had his guys. Yeah. They were going to play for him, and it was to the point where, where the coaches couldn't take him out of that spot. He earned it, obviously, and, you know, the underdog role or whatever you play, you know, he, I mean, he did it right, and, and he's got two national championship rings. And I saw a thing yesterday that said projected that he could even get third drafted round, in the round. third round, third round, which, you know, n- nobody even dreamed that he'd even be playing at Georgia two years ago much less be a third-round kind of guy. So, I don't know. It's I think I don't think you can go wrong with either of the three. Your fear is that after spring, one of those guys is going to jump mm-hmm. into the portal. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think those guys are pretty happy there. I think, you know, they've realized that Georgia's at a point where you got to wait your turn. When you get your opportunity, you take it. Um, now, that's easier for me to say than those guys having to wait their turn. And I know, obviously, they want to play, but – uh, I think any of the three would be fine. But I do think Carson Beck gets the first chance. I think keeping Todd Modkin, keeping him, because there's been a lot of rumors circulating yep. about him leaving for the Bucks job, which that's really kind of settled down in this last week. But I think keeping him. Got to be priority be number huge. one. Yeah, That's priority to. number one. I think if you, as long as you have him, whoever you put back there is, I don't think they're going to have a Stetson Bennett season. But I think they'll be just fine in well, the offense. Well, and if you look at the schedule for next year, there's a lot of games early where quarterbacks can learn and grow before it really gets into the to the meat of the schedule. Yeah, and, and really the 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 schedule is really bottom heavy, uh, which is not necessarily a bad thing. You know, I've heard coaches talk about, you know, wanting to play a marquee game early in the year to keep keep guys motivated during the preseason. But I think this is probably one of those years where you need a few of the lesser games, I guess, to get those guys comfortable and to figure out what you got. I mean, they obviously knew what they had coming into this season. Uh, he wasn't going to get unseated. Uh, so they got to figure that out. And, and there's a lot of games early that the Georgia fans really don't want to be played. Um, but I think they're going to need those this year. You know, and you look at – and then the scheduling after that goes right back to the same. Now, part of that was, you know, they lost Oklahoma off of the schedule this coming year because of the, the shift in the conference, and the conference actually made them cancel that game because of all the contract issues they have moving forward because the, the return trip was supposed to be after Oklahoma Good comes line. into the conference. So, um It'll be interesting to see how this year plays out. Georgia's going to be like Clemson has been where everybody knocks their schedule, uh, and they got they almost are going to have to be perfect running the season 
to have a chance. They'll have to. Their projected win total is eleven and a half. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a twelve win. Well, season. I mean, you look at you look at the bottom of the schedule. You got there's a, and I forget exactly what it is, but I know you got right there toward the tail end of the season. Obviously, you got Florida, Tennessee has been moved to later in the season. Where you know an old guy like me remembers when Georgia opened the conference schedule with Tennessee. So that one's been moved later in the year. Um, so I think the gauntlet is sort of – and Ole Miss, I think, is toward the end of the season yes, next year. But really and truly, there's a lot of games early in the year where hopefully whoever the guy is can learn and get acclimated to the offense. And you got to feel real good. If Monken stays, which, you know, that's what everybody's saying right now, um, you know, that's – that's huge for all those quarterbacks in the room and for the offense. Plus, the reality is the quarterback, all they have to do is manage the game. You know, I mean, if the defense gets better like everybody thinks they will, just don't don't put the defense in bad positions. Score points, but don't put defense in bad positions. And, and I think that's how Stetson grew over the years as they were really conservative with him to, you know, first championship mm-hmm. year because the defense was so good, you knew they weren't giving up more really than ten or fourteen points. Just, just do enough to to win us ball games, and that's probably going to be the mentality at least early in the season. And I think as Stetson Bennett grew, they opened up the offense more for him. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see, and that defense. Obviously, last year everybody thought this defense is going to take a big step back and become more kind of, you know, middle of the pack in the conference. But that defense was still – they still had a great defense it's last still, year. Still pretty damn good. Yes, sir. I mean, you know, they – I mean, the anomaly was the Tennessee game where we gave up a bunch of points and then obviously Ohio State at the end of the year. But those were two really good offensive teams. Yes, I mean, but you take – I don't know the exact totals, but you take the rest – take those two out and it's – it's very few points given up and, and very few yards, truth be known. And you see guys like Michael Williams, he was a sophomore, um, Marvin Jones Jr., he'll be a sophomore, Barry Alexander. Well, that's I mean, that's the recruiting end of it is there's always guys to take your spot. Um, you know, Dumas Johnson in the middle. I mean, the middle linebacker, everybody thought there's no way we can replace N'Kobe Dean. And he did a heck of a job this Step year. Right in. You know, I mean, and there, you look, you know, I think losing Jalen Carter hurts because he, you know, the coaches had to scheme up for him for sure. But you got Barry Alexander that can take his spot. You got those those guys on the edge that toward the tail end of the year, they were playing like juniors and seniors, even though they were freshmen. So, mm-hmm. you know, they've got a chance to be that much better, even though they are losing some talent off of, of the defense, but I I think the defense should be improved. I think so too, and I think they're. I think the defensive line gets better. I think because you bring back Zion Logue, McClendon, or I mean Warren, Brinson, Brinson, he's yeah. back, and there's one more I'm forgetting. That's coming back. There's three guys right there, and they've rotated for the past two seasons yep. playing on that line. And, well, and that's the that's the beauty of playing as many people as Georgia plays is if you play that many guys, some of them have to be younger and they're getting the experience that they need. I mean, and if you're playing in national championship games, 
Mm-hmm. Okay, playing in regular season games is, is easy. And then when you see some of those guys, especially at the end of the year, playing really well against the Ohio States of the world, you know, you feel pretty confident in what you're doing. And then they're bringing in, you know, all of these other guys. And, and not all of them pan out, obviously, but a lot of them have. And, and, and that's why I think recruiting is such a big deal to Kirby uh, and uh, that's he said it many times. That's the lifeblood of the program. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode of Dog Football Weekly. Thank you for joining us, Coach Champion. Yes, sir. Thank you all for having me. You want to give us our sponsor, Russ? Today's sponsor is Valley Boys Honey. Go get your honey and T-shirts, and we'll see you on the next episode.